Welcome to the Overflow Podcast. We pray you are encouraged by this message. For more info, notes, or other messages, visit our website at overflowdfw.com. So I'm so excited to get to share today. So Pastor Josh has been preaching on the Our Father series, so today I'm going to do the Our Mother series. All right. And the credit for that joke goes to Pastor Josh Brown. He said I could have it, but I wanted to give credit where credit's due. Uh, no, really, but uh, Josh jokingly calls me pop culture all the time. It's like this little nickname he calls me. Um, he says that I know more about, like, what's current trends and songs and stuff than he does nowadays. So I thought it would be a little bit fun to change it up instead of trying to do something super deep or profound or heart-gripping that I would just have some fun up here. How's that sound to y'all? Because that's more myself anyway. So I really feel like God talks to me through any kind of situation, weird situations. You know, as I'm doing the dishes or as I'm just tending to my kids, I kind of just say, like, what can be learned out of this that's in the spiritual realm? I mean, like, not just the natural. I see things in the natural, but what's going on? What can I learn from this? Because I want God to show me things. And so he's established all things. Everything is, comes from him. It stems from him. There's no new idea that anybody's had that didn't come from an idea that God planted in there. And so that's kind of what it says in Acts 17 and verses 24 through 28. And uh, I don't have to read the whole thing. It's up there. But um, it says that God made the world and everything in it is Lord of heaven and earth. Uh, he doesn't live in temples that are made by human hands, nor is he served by human hands as if he needed anything because he himself gives everyone life and breath and everything else. Say everything else. Everything else. From one man, he made every nation. Um, sorry, I lost my spot. Of the appointed times and boundaries of the lands. And God intended that they would seek him and reach out for him and through him. He is not far from each one of us. Amen? For in him we live and move and have our being. So I was like, hmm, how can I seek him? How can I search for him through a sermon based off of the top hits from the best decade ever, the 1980s? So today, all of my sermon points are top song titles from the 1980s. And I would just like to say... As a disclaimer, don't get mad at me. I'm not endorsing these singers. I'm not endorsing the song. Don't come to me after the service and be like, did you know that song's actually about? Don't. Save it. My sister-in-law's a teacher, and she, a kindergarten teacher, and she has a, a tree on her wall, and she goes, go tell the tree. So if you guys want to come to me after the service and go tell me what that song's about, I'm going to say, go tell the tree. I'm just doing the song titles, okay? God can speak through a donkey, then he can speak through us. Through song titles, okay? So don't twist it. Don't get it out of hand. You know, don't go say that Pastor Leslie said that uh, I can live whatever I want because God is, God is in it. So no, don't do that, okay? We're just looking at the song titles. All right, but, you know, we often hear that the prayers of our mothers or our grandmothers or our aunts or even our brothers have never stopped praying for us, amen? And so I don't know about you guys, but I'm thankful that people above us, even when we don't know, it, there's nothing that blesses me more than when somebody reaches out to me. They're like, I've just been praying for you. And I'm like, you have? Wow. What have you been praying? You know. <laughs> but there's just something so special um, about being steadfast in prayer. And many of you in this room might even be the result of somebody's prayers, somebody who didn't stop praying. And that's just something so powerful. So this morning I want to talk about being steadfast in prayer. Are you all ready? Yes. All right. Number one, here we go. I'll play that again. I wasn't ready. Make it nice and loud. Number one, living on a prayer. 
walking through whatever situation we might be in, we must always remember to be rooted in prayer. Prayer is not simply just talking to God and, and just blabbering everything that we think. It's a conversation where he can respond to us. And I know that oftentimes we don't feel like he is, but what are we going to do if we're not actually taking a breath and waiting for him and giving him time to respond? It's not just a one-way conversation. It's a two-way conversation. So how will we know what God is saying about our current situation, whatever it may be? I know that all of us might be walking through some season right now, no matter what that might look like. We have to be seeking what God says on it. And the way that we do that is through prayer and obviously through the word. In 1 Thessalonians 5, 16 through 18, it says, Rejoice always. So that's always, in case you weren't sure. And then it says, after that, pray without ceasing. Now, this is kind of crazy. I don't know about you guys, but you would, you would get almost nothing done throughout the day if you prayed without ceasing. But I love what, uh, I believe it was Smith Wigglesworth said, I, I rarely pray for 20 minutes, but I rarely go 20 minutes without praying. And so I really believe it's more of an internal thing that we're continually checking in with God. Sometimes I get on Pastor Josh's nerves when he comes to work, and I'm like continually texting him all day because it's this relationship that I can tap into whenever, right? Except not that, not that uh, any, any shade on him, but God doesn't get distracted when you call out to him or text him, right? We're, we're broken and fallen, and Josh is like, we can't have a continuous text thread through our lives. And I'm like, but why? I need to know what you're doing right now. Um, but anyways, pray without ceasing. That means just don't go that long without checking in and, and asking God and seeking him in your situation. And then it says give thanks in all circumstances. Woo, that's a tough one. But we can. We truly can give thanks in all circumstances, and not for your circumstances, but because we know that God is faithful in all circumstances and that he's going to work it together for our good. Amen? And then it ends with, this is the will of God in Jesus Christ for you. So I love how this title says, living on a prayer. It's, it's living. It's being. It's moving. It's not one time. It's not like, oh, I prayed once, and now I'm done. We don't ever have to talk again. And would that be the case for us that we aren't putting our hope in our situation changing on its own or in our own abilities to change our situation, but that we would live a life that is totally dependent on prayer, that we're relying on God and knowing that he, that only he can do some things in our situation, amen? <clears throat> no matter how hard we strive to do something, we're not going to be as effective in a lifetime of striving as God is in one minute of just us seeking him and asking him to show up in our situation, Amen. And just like we've learned through the Our Father series, there is so much more to prayer than a combination of words and heartless chatter. We must have a daily life <clears throat> that is rooted in prayer. Whether you start with praying, in with praying, pray at your mealtime, whatever it is, how cool would it be, like, if you think about, like, a new relationship, if you're dating someone, that you just always want to, like, talk to them and sneak away and grab five minutes with them, that our hearts would be that way towards God, that we would always seek to sneak in a few minutes of prayer with him every day. And also James 5.16 says it this way, that the earnest prayer of a righteous person has great power and produces wonderful results. I don't know about you guys, but I don't want to just have prayers that I don't ever see results. I want to have fervent, earnest prayers that hold power and produce great results. Amen? All right. Well, that takes me to my next point. After we're living on prayer, we have to... Amen. Hold on to that feeling. All right. So true story. Moriah, our oldest, 
I don't know where she heard that song, but several years ago, she, she thought it said, this is how she would sing it. Don't stop believing Jesus, because he is cute and cuddly too. No idea where she got that from, but she would sing it all the time. And so now whenever Josh and I hear it, we sing her version. We, we don't want to stop believing in Jesus because he's cute and cuddly. But if you haven't seen an answer to your prayers yet, please don't stop believing. Don't stop. Mark eleven twenty four says, therefore I tell you, whatever you ask for in prayer, believe that you have received it and it will be yours. We have so much ability in our words, in our hope, in our trust that when we're putting it in God, we can, like Pastor Josh says, we can praise before the victory because we know that it's coming. And so I know that many of you guys right now have been praying the same prayers for three, four, five years. Don't stop. If you, believe, if you can believe God for your salvation, if you can believe that prayer, that it is effective and you don't doubt anymore that you're saved or that you're going to, somebody is calling me. Bye. Who's calling me right now? Okay. Um, if you can believe God for your salvation, then why don't we believe him in our other prayers? So if you don't doubt that, don't doubt anything else that you're praying. Even if you haven't seen it, you just don't stop believing. When we pray, we have to come into this understanding that we are children of God and that he is a good father. We aren't begging him to do something for us. We have the right to ask. As Pastor Josh always says, we have refrigerator rights. We can go and we can say, God, this is what I need. Our kids don't have to be afraid when they need money. You know, our kids are going to be in this quinceanera and they have to get the dress and the tux and everything. They don't have to come up and say, Mom, I know it's a lot, but are you going to be able to provide the dress for me? You know, and I'm not going to say like, no, figure it out on your own. You know what I'm saying? And God's a good father and he's going to provide for us and he's going to do what he says he's going to do. And I really feel that maybe... Sometimes we just have to get our thinking in a different way. And perhaps we should look more at our, the prayers that we haven't seen answered yet as children who are asking for a birthday or a Christmas present. That our heart and our prayer would be, God, this is what I want. I know before I get this gift, you might give me another one. But this is the one that I still want. And if you haven't gotten it for your birthday or for Christmas, then you just keep asking the next one and the next one and the next one. Because when you want a gift, the, the want doesn't go away. And so God's not saying that you can't have it. He just says to keep on asking. In Matthew 7, 7, it says, keep on asking and you will receive what you ask for. Keep on seeking and you will find. Keep on knocking and the door will be open to you. I love how the words in here are not might. Keep on asking and you might receive. Keep on seeking and you'll possibly find. Keep on knocking and maybe the door will be open. No, there are definite words. You will receive. You will find. The door will be open to you. So whatever it is that you've been praying for, please, 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 don't stop believing. Keep on asking. All right, number three. Don't, 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 don't. Okay. So are we forgetting about God in our situation? Are we forgetting to put it in his hands and truly walk away? I know sometimes we can have surrender in the very beginning. We're like, God, I need help with this. And then we, after a couple of days, we're like, we don't see results and we start meddling on our own, right? Or as we're praying, we don't see 
you know, the desired answer, it's a different answer. And so we're like, oh, we'll just take care of it ourselves. And let's be honest, usually we, we mess it up when we try to do it on our own. Or then even on the other hand, maybe you're not forgetting about God, but maybe you're feeling forgotten by God. The bridge to that song continues to go on, and it says, as you walk on by, will you call my name? And I think that is so powerful because many of us might be in a season where we've been praying, our belief is there, but we're still not seeing the answers that we want, <clears throat> and we're, we're feeling like God has forgotten us. But I want to point this verse out to you that was just, I don't know, you know how sometimes you, you've seen it before, but then all of a sudden it's like, boom, comes alive. This verse here in Isaiah 44, 21, it says, I, the Lord, made you, and I will not forget you. So if there's something that you've been praying for and you feel forgotten, you feel unseen, I want you to write this down on your mirror. I want you to write it on post-it notes and put it all over your house and remind yourself that he already made you and he will not forget you. Ever, ever, ever. We've had seasons that we feel forgotten, but this is truth. The word of God is true. And so when the enemy comes and tries to lie to us, you just turn to this and you, you declare this again. We also know in Jeremiah 29, 11, it's one of the, probably one of the top well-known verses after John three sixteen that it says, I know the plans that I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you hope and a future. And the enemy always likes to poke and question the truth, does he not? And so when we have these scriptures that we can stand on, he's still going to come and he's going to doubt. He's going to make us question. He's going to make us doubt. Just like we saw in the Our Father series that he said that when Jesus was out and he was tempting him and, he, and then he used the word against him. But we have to use the word right back at him. The devil knows the scripture. I mean, he was in heaven. He was in heaven doing all kinds of stuff over the worship. So he knows the scripture. So he's going to try to use it in a manipulative way. So whenever that happens, you also... Just like we, see Jesus, we saw Jesus do when he was tempted, he said, it is written, it is written, and he pulled it up. Because the devil is going to always question what you already, you already think is true or what you're struggling to believe when you're stuck in this situation, amen? So God already knows a plan for you. Maybe you just aren't far along enough in the journey. I like to think about this on road trips. A couple years ago, we went to um, Disney World in Florida. And it took 17 years to drive from here to Orlando. And along the way, there were several stops. You know, it would have been so cool if we could have just, you know, flown there. But flying six people is super expensive. Um, and so it took a long time. And we heard this prophetic word. Was it Bob Jones? One time that was, I don't know. It was, it was weird. It was one of those things where you're like, okay, I probably believe that. But I don't know. I don't know. He was saying that he was like had to drive to his next location to speak and he was like really sleepy and he kept falling asleep at the wheel and he's like, God, I need your help. And then he said that he like woke up and he was there. Like he was driving and then he was there. And he was like, and then he was like, it's like I trans, trans, uh, ported through the eyeball gate, which whatever that is, something in heaven. And then he got to the conference and he told, this other guy came up to him. He's like, I saw you in the eyeball gate. And he was like, What? So anyway, I know that's weird. Don't worry if you don't believe it. I'm still kind of trying to chew on it. But it's turned into a joke for Josh and I. So when we're on road trips and it's getting long, we're like, Lord, eyeball gate, eyeball gate. We're just like ready to be there, right? But how many of y'all know there's stops along the way that you have to make? You can't get from Dallas to Orlando in two hours. You can't even get there in 10 hours. I mean, it takes forever. 
And so just like the kids are in the back, are we there yet? Are we there yet? You know, maybe that's us asking God, you know, is it time now? Now can I have my prayer answered now? You know, and God's just saying, it's a journey. Just trust me. I know where we're going. I know the plan. We're going to get there, but we're not there yet. And so it's important for us to remember that a delay in the answer that we want is not a no. We're just not there yet. Amen? I'm going to say that one more time. A delay in the answer is not a no. We're just not there yet. All right. Let me have that next one, Teresa. Turn around and desert you. Okay. What's hilarious is if you did not know, that's like a new thing now where if you want to like go to a, well, it's older. Sorry. Let me rephrase. My kids are going to call me a boomer. It's an older but new if you don't know, okay, that they will put a link and it's like, oh, check out this free coupon for Chick-fil-A and you click the link and it's this song and it's called Getting Rick Rolled. It's like a prank, right? So as I was preparing my sermon and I was looking through all the songs, I pulled it up. Um, and then my kids from the other room, they're like, you got Rick Rolled. And I was like, no, I didn't. I pulled up the song myself. But anyways, never going to give you up. We can rest assured that God will not fail us. He will not. In Deuteronomy 30, 31.6, it says it this way. So be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid and do not panic before them. How many of y'all know there's something totally different in being afraid and panicking? Because you can be ready to do it, but you're anxious, you're nervous, you're like, I don't know if I can deal this. And a lot of times panicking will make us retreat. Amen? So he's speaking here to the Israelites before they were going to cross over the Jordan and, and transition into something new. That's a whole other thing. Amen? When there's a transition and we're coming and we're feeling nervous and it's the people who were currently living there, they had to face them in order to live in the land. God's like, here you go. Take it. And they're like, but there's people there. He's like, yeah, go take it. Well, that's kind of scary. But it says here, for the Lord your God will personally go ahead of you. He will neither fail you nor abandon you. God is faithful. He cannot fail us. He cannot. It is not in his nature. It's not something he ever plans to do. And so it doesn't matter if we feel that way. We have to remind ourselves that it is not who he is. It is not what he's going to do. And it says here that he will neither fail or abandon you. It also says here in 1 Corinthians 1.9, it says, God is faithful. And if you have your paper Bible, or I'm not even sure if it's that way in the um, Bible app, but the word is is in italics. And so you might or might not know that I'm an author, and sometimes when something is supposed to be emphasized and it's like in text, the only way to do that is to put it in italics. And so it's saying right here, it's not like, oh, God's faithful. It's saying God is faithful by whom you were called into the fellowship of his son, Jesus Christ our Lord. He is. It's for emphasis. It's not maybe, again, like we were saying earlier, it's not might be, it's not perhaps one day. God is faithful. Already said and done. He is faithful. It is just proven that God never fails. In Joshua 21, 45, we also see here that it says, this is another one of those verses that kind of came alive to me. It says, not one of all the Lord's good promises, not only promises, but good ones. Good. I was hitting the high note. Oh, so what, so, you know, tell, what kind of promises? Tell me. Good. Okay, you can sing it too. What kind of promises? Love it. Not one of his good promises, 
that he made to Israel, which is his people. So you might be like, well, that's Israel. I'm Leslie, and I'm not seeing his promises, right? No, his people, Israel just means his people. Not one of his good promises to Israel failed. Every one was fulfilled. That's huge. Because a lot of times we feel like, okay, I've seen God answer this prayer. I've seen God answer this prayer. I've seen God answer this prayer. So maybe he's just not going to answer this one, right? No. It says right here that all of the Lord's good promises, every one was fulfilled. God is not going to give you up. He's not going to let you down. He is going to never turn around. Just kidding. He is going to be there for you. Amen? He cannot fail you. So if you feel overwhelmed or forgotten, especially when the devil will come and lie to you about somebody else got their gift, which might even sometimes be the exact same gift that you're wanting, amen, and you're still waiting, remember, if he did it for them, he can do it for you. God's not on a shortage of healing. He's not on a shortage of finances. He's not on, just because somebody else got something doesn't mean you're not going to get yours. So you rejoice with them, and then you get, you get yours too, amen. God's not going to run out of supply. He's got you. In Acts 10, 34, it says that also God is not a respecter of persons. And in case you aren't 100% sure what that means, is God doesn't play favorites. We're all his favorite. You know, sometimes people are like, people have asked us, wow, you guys, you guys sure seem blessed. And it's like, well, we're not doing anything special. We're trusting God. We're partnering with his kingdom. And that's just what he does. You know what I'm saying? So it's not that God has favorites that, oh, they get everything that they pray for, but I don't. No. Stop listening to that lie right now. It says that God is not a respecter of persons. Sorry, I flipped my page too soon. Um, And so, oh, that was actually it. (laughs) Okay, so you don't have to worry about somebody else's prayer, even if it's the same one as yours. And even if, say say you are working with somebody, say two people from this church are working at the same place and you're trying to get the same promotion. And we're both declaring over our declarations that we're gonna get it. I'm just gonna tell y'all, one one person's gonna get it because that's a one position. But if somebody else gets the thing that you're hoping for, you celebrate and you keep on doing what you're supposed to do and you wait till that time on the journey and God's gonna write, all right, here we go. Here's what it is. And you never know. You might even get promoted above that position. You never know. So you just, you just don't worry about that. You just keep on doing what you're supposed to do for you. Amen? Which brings me to our last point. Bring it on, Teresa. All right. Got to have faith. It doesn't matter if you can see it. It doesn't matter if the bank account doesn't show it. If the doctor's report doesn't say it. Our faith, our hope, and our trust is in God who can do exceedingly and abundantly above what we can even ask or imagine. So he can't just meet your needs here. He can super exceed what you're expecting from him. So it is important that we live by faith and not by sight, like it says in 2 Corinthians 5, 7. We need to be praying big prayers, prayers that are filled with faith, that it's something that only God can do. It's, you know, it's not like, oh, God, I pray that you would provide lunch for me today. No, no, no. He's going to do that. He's already provided that. Pray big prayers that you know that God can do more than you can imagine. I love Pastor Josh's imagination. Both times that we've moved into a new facility, it was looking so rough, so rough. And even our pastor, Adam, uh, at the old building, he brought him in and Josh was like, here it is. What do you think? And Pastor Adam said, well, I'm excited that you're excited. He's like, and I know that if you see it and you have a vision for it, then it's going to happen. 
And so we have to get that in our head. We have to think not just based on what we're seeing, not based on the circumstances. We have to have faith that God can do exceedingly and abundantly above what we can ask or imagine. So don't be praying small prayers. If you have, a, if you have debt and you're just trying to get one, one of your debts paid off, no. Ask God to eradicate your debt because he can. He might not, but he can. So we need to be praying big, big faith-filled prayers. And Hebrews 11:1 1 says it this way. Now, faith is the confidence in what we hope for and assurance about what we do not see. So we can rest assured that even though we don't see it yet, even if your prayer hasn't been answered yet, that we can have confidence, that we can put our faith in him, and we know that he is still going to be able to do it. Amen? So I just have a few little prayer tips for you this morning. That whatever you're doing in your situation, whatever you're seeking, don't stop praying. Keep praying. Keep believing. Keep trusting. Keep putting your faith and your hope and trust in God. I'm not saying that you can't do other things. You know, if you have some medical issues, if, you know, God's not saying you can't go to the doctor, go to the doctor. But still, your hope is not in the doctor. Your hope is in God. Just like I said earlier, God, there's no new ideas. So every idea a doctor has is originated from God. But don't put your faith in your circumstances. Continue to put your faith in God and see what he can do on your half, on your half, your whole and your behalf. That's what I meant to say. Amen? On your behalf. All right. So let's roll through those slides one more time. Will that be hard? Just from the top. Who remembers what it was? Yay, let's hear it. Number two. Don't stop believing. Jesus, because he's, I'm just kidding. All right, number three. Don't you forget about me. Don't, 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 don't. Okay, number four. Never gonna give you up. Never gonna let you down. Turn around and desert you. All right, last one, number five. Yay, awesome. And in case you didn't know why I picked the 80s, that's when I was born. It's a good decade. Well, I hope that that was a blessing to you today. I know that it was kind of fun, but I just wanted to encourage you guys this morning in a fun and creative way.